Hey everyone, and welcome to It's the Breakdown Podcast with Dee Malone. I am Dee Malone, and I am so grateful that you are joining me. So I want to just start off by saying that if your faith never wavers and you never have any doubt, you never question your faith, this lesson might not be for you. But for those who have moments where they do question their faith, where they do waver in their faith, this is for us. And the title of this lesson is Double is the Trouble. And before I get into it, I want us to pray. Let us pray. Father God, we come to you as humble as we know how, giving you thanks and praises. We thank you, God, for being God. We thank you for your love, unfailing love. And we thank you for all that you are, all that you've done, and all that you are doing. And Lord God, I ask that you right now bless your children as we hear from you. Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight. Holy Spirit, empower me, speak through me so that every word is heard as you want it to be heard. Touch every set of ears, every mind, every heart that we are receptive to what it is that you have to say to us on today and help us to not just hear your word, but to do it. All these things in your sweet name, Jesus, we do pray. Amen. So this lesson is about being double-minded and the trouble of it. How does one become double-minded? What causes wavering faith? Who makes us doubt? Well, doubt, double-mindedness, and wavering faith most of the time comes from a disappointment in the past. We tend to either look back or we use our eyes to decide. We decide what is true by what we see, right? And you know, the Bible says that we walk by faith, not by sight. But sometimes what we see and how we frame what we see makes us waver in our faith. Remember Peter? Peter, when they were in that boat and he was the only one who stepped out of that boat, And he says, tell me to come when he started to go towards Jesus. The minute the wind and the waves came, his vision got a little choppy. He then what? Started to drown. So what he saw made his faith waver. And then Jesus is saying to him, wow, what happened? Ye of little faith. So there are times when we have those same exact moments, ye of little faith. And there are times where we take a look backwards. We go back into the past and primarily a lot of that is the enemy's doing. Now, I don't want to blame everything on the enemy because we have a choice But the enemy sparks some things. He knows exactly what buttons to press and he knows how to get, he knows how to get under our skin, so to speak. And so sometimes instead of walking by faith, we do walk by sight. So caught up in what didn't work that 
we miss that there's a new thing happening right before us. When, when Peter was walking on that water, there was a new thing happening. He'd never done that before. And he missed that moment as soon as something disruptive changed, something happened. So as soon as a circumstance occurs that we are upset with, we shift our focus off of the one that we should be focused on, which is Jesus. And we shift our focus to the circumstance and we begin to doubt. And then we're on shaky ground. Low one day, high the next. But what is faith? The Bible says that it is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. So memory does play a part. But we get to choose the part of the memory that we keep and how we reframe it. See, when we ask the Lord for his perspective, he reframes what we have painted. Oh, that's so good. He reframes what we have painted. And the enemy knows that he can use our past as a deterrent to stop us from becoming who we are created to be. But God wants us to remember that faith, true faith, is a given gift by him. And we are to exercise it, not to let it escape us. But that we're also to ask him to help us. Lord, increase my faith. Double-minded people, he says, are not to expect anything. Because they don't fully believe. It's like looking for snow in the summer. It ain't coming. Double-mindedness is when we think the world's way and God's way. We're unstable. And no one really wants to be connected or around anyone that is unstable. And when we look at uh, Matthew chapter 17, verse 14 through 20. Now, in the New Living Translation, You don't see a verse 21, but there is a verse 21. And it tells us about this story, about this, this demon possessed child. It was a demon possessed boy. And this boy would get thrown all around. And his father was just so distraught about this, this demon possessing his child that his Immediate response was to run to the disciples to get this healing. Now, backstory, the disciples had been creating miracles or, you know, they've been performing miracles through the power of Christ Jesus, of course, but they had been performing miracles up until this moment. And then all of a sudden in this moment, they couldn't do it. Because they started to rely on themselves. So let's take a look at this story where Jesus is, he comes and he's seeing, he's hearing all of this commotion. He's like, what is going on? And the father of the child is saying, listen, I brought him to your disciples, but they couldn't heal him. And now Jesus says, you faithless and corrupt people, how long must I be with you? How long must I put up with you? Bring the boy here to me. 
And then Jesus rebuked the demon in the boy and it left him. From that moment, the boy was well. Afterward, the disciples asked Jesus privately, why couldn't we cast out the demon? And Jesus said to them, you don't have enough faith. Jesus told them, I tell you the truth. If you had faith, even as small as a mustard seed, you could say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it would move. Nothing would be impossible. Now, there's a footnote in my Bible for uh, verse 21, where it says, Jesus tells them that only some things can come through fasting and praying. So it was the prayer that was that was missing. See, we're supposed to pray first before we go to do some things. And a lot of times, I'm not even going to lie to y'all, I'm sure that we forget. Or we, we're just moving so quickly that we forget to ask him about something. And now we're in it and we're wondering why it's not working. One, because we haven't consulted the master. Two, because we don't believe that we can actually do what we're thinking that we want to do. Those two don't mix instability. And the disciples had a moment where their faith had wavered because they had not gone by the spirit of God. They were going by their own might and by their own power. And so the thing that I loved also was that the father, the father was really adamant about getting this healing for his child. And he wanted to make sure that this happened because he couldn't understand, but, but then his faith was there, but his faith was in the disciples, not so much in Jesus. So we got to be careful. We got to have enough faith, at least the size of a mustard seed, but the faith has to be in the father, not in human beings. Not in the people that we're looking at. And sometimes we put our faith in people and when people let us down we are distraught we're all over the place we don't know how to control our emotions sometimes and that is a thing where God says yeah have the most emotions emotions motions but let them be an indicator not a dictator don't let your emotions ruin your day and it could have been that the disciples had some things going on. And once they realized that first time it wasn't happening, that second time it wasn't happening. Now your emotions get in the way. And where they could have stopped and said, okay, wait a minute, let's go by the power of God. They decided, nah, we're, we're, we're just going to keep on trying. And, and it's cool that they put in some effort, but without God, how much is that effort really moving anything? How much is that really helping the situation? It doesn't. And so when we look at this story from Mark's point of view, Mark's point of view tells us the father's faith was, yes, in human beings. And then he says, well, he believes 
that God could do it. But the first thing he says to God, well, if you can heal my son. So he didn't really fully have faith in Jesus. He's like, okay, Rabbi, if you can. And now the, the disciples are standing there. They got, they got a crazy look on their face, I'm sure. And now you have this father who, again, is super adamant about getting his son healed. He believed that the disciples could do it because they had been with Jesus for so long. The disciples thought they could do it because they'd been with Jesus so long. But then when he got to Jesus, why didn't he believe that Jesus could do it? Because Jesus, if Jesus is the master, he's the one who taught them. Why would this man not believe that Jesus could do it? Because he didn't fully have faith. So these sets of people had a problem because they didn't have strong enough faith. They allowed themselves to be double minded. And we have to be very, very careful about where we're placing our faith. And Jesus checks him. He says, if I can, <laughs> like, what do you mean if I can? Anything is possible if a person believes. That's in verse 23 in Mark chapter 9. Then he says, the father says, immediately, I do believe, but help me overcome my unbelief. And I want to tell you right now, if that is the only thing that you say to God, that's a really good prayer. Lord, help me with my unbelief. Help me to have strong faith in you. Not in the things I see, not in the things I feel. Help me to have strong faith faith in you so that I am steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord so that my feet are firmly planted in you, that my roots are growing deep into you, not into what I see. Because if, if our faith is tied to the things that we see, we're going to forever be waving back and forth. And that's what James uh, the first chapter talks to us about, he talks to us about that double-mindedness. He's saying, I, I want you to be very, very careful and know that if you're double-minded, you're not going to, don't expect anything from the Lord. Do not expect, but know that when your faith is tested and your, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. And if you need wisdom, ask our generous God and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. But when you ask him, be sure that your faith is in God alone. Do not waver for a person with divided loyalty is as unsettled as a wave of the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind. Such people should not expect to receive anything from the Lord their loyalty is divided between God and the world, and they are unstable in everything they do. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading of his holy word. So James tells us the exact same thing. You can ask, but you got to ask only of God. And when you do that and you put your faith in God alone alone, 
Don't doubt that God is going to do something. And so many times, again, going back to disappointments, something that we thought we heard God say is supposed to happen when we don't see it happening in real time. Because we're like, oh, he said this. We immediately begin to start doubting God because it did not happen. But God's timing and our timing completely different. And so it may not look like it's happening at the moment. But maybe God is going to happen, make, make it happen later on. Or maybe God said, because God doesn't change his mind. Maybe God is saying, not that person, not that situation, not that job. He has something better. There is protection in that thing that we think is rejection. That thing that we think is disappointment. There's protection in it. But we have to trust God knows better than us. And we have to trust that he's not the type of God that's going to let us down. People will let you down, but God won't. And a lot of those situations will cause us to shake back and forth. But God is saying today, I want you to be steadfast and in me. Ask me and, and wait for me to do it. Have your faith in me alone because what happens with us when we begin to rely on ourselves on our or on other people we turn ourselves and other people into God and that is a, that's a no-no now we become self-reliant right people say I'm self-made so in self-reliance that's a faith killer because you're going to let you down You're going to do something that's going to make you feel less than. And God is saying, I need you to stay royalty. I need you to stay where I put you. I put you in a position, in a place, stay in that position. So the disciples, they, I think they, they forgot to ask God. Then the father who said he believed, I think he believed in what the disciples could do. But then when he saw Jesus, he asked Jesus, but he didn't fully believe that Jesus could do it. Why? Because he had been disappointed by the disciples who he taught. So he's like, well, if they can't get it right, maybe you won't either. Which is a little crazy because the teacher, the student is never better than the teacher. So they have this wavering faith. Why? Because of disappointments. Because of what didn't happen. Because of what didn't go right. But I want us to know that Jesus is saying you got to pray on it. And, and, And if that's not enough, I want you to pray and I want you to fast. And all that means is don't leave God out. Ask him for help. Involve him. Ask him for empowerment. God is not being mean to us when he does not allow for our request to be honored. Sometimes our requests are off base. He's not going to honor our double-minded request because he's being a good father. He wants us to believe and rely on him alone. He's our number one parent. And great parents want to be needed no matter how old or how far their children get. Although they want them to grow up, 
well and live their lives. Deep down, they want to be called on and relied on still. And God does the same thing. We are God's children and wavering faith says that we don't trust him. We can't be double-minded and in expectation at the same time. It just does not work and it doesn't benefit us. We may need to reconnect with the one who never leaves us nor forsakes us. He doesn't leave us. We leave him. So that last thing that hurt us, that caused us to stop believing that he will come through for us. We have to ask him to reframe that so we see it differently and so that we see him differently. Because he loves us. He just doesn't always give us what we want. He's not a genie in a bottle. And God isn't selfish. So he doesn't want us to be selfish either. Sometimes our prayers have selfish motivation behind it. And he's like, I'm not going to honor that. But more so, we don't believe. So that unbelief kicks in. And now we no longer have this faith that we're supposed to have. God wants us to stay faithful, stay in faith. Because that's where our blessings are going to come in. We understand that we're going to see some things, we're going to feel some things, but we have to be sure that they don't run our lives. He does. We have to keep him at the forefront. So how can we have unwavering faith? How can we be free of double-mindedness? Well, the first thing is we have to pray and ask for help. It is okay to ask God for help. Ask him to empower us. Ask him to reframe what we are thinking and, and help. Help us, Lord, transform our minds, renew our minds. We need to have our minds renewed every single day. Lord, reframe that memory so that I don't see it the same way and I don't fall every time something happens. I don't get tossed around every time something happens. See, God gives us our faith and he'll increase it if we ask him. And if we believe that he's going to increase it. The second thing is stop looking at what we see. Stop letting our eyes decide. We got to quit going by what our circumstances look like and go by God's truth. There's this this um, quote that I see on Instagram. Stop going by what it looks like and remember what I told you. Signed, God. And I believe that. And it, even in those moments where it feels and looks like, whoa, did he leave me? No, I know he didn't leave me. Sometimes we're, we're going off of we don't feel his presence. And I believe that God does that so that we don't get stuck chasing the feeling more than we chase him. He wants us to come seek him. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and all of his righteousness and all things will be added unto but a person can ask, keep asking, keep knocking, keep seeking, but you got to believe. So we got to stop allowing 
what we see to dictate how much faith we're going to have, how much we believe. And then the third thing is stay connected. Keep getting to know God's character, God's heart. Read the Bible daily. Uh, You know, heads up, phone down. Open the physical book. Because again, God doesn't leave us. We leave him. So it's not that we're not connected. It's not that he's not there. He's right there with us. We have the Holy Spirit who fills us. But if we're going by what we see and our feelings, we are pushing him out of his seat. And now we're going by what the world says. We're going by what our vision says. And it's not the proper vision. And so if we don't keep in that book, we don't renew. We don't, we don't tell ourselves God's truth because we stop reading it. And although his word should stay at the top of our minds, at the tip of our tongues, and at the beginning and the forefronts of our hearts, if we are not staying connected to the source, guess what happens? The battery gets drained. And we are supposed to be guarding ourselves. We're supposed to have the shield of faith. So when the enemy's fiery darts are coming in, that shield of faith keeps us standing sturdy. But if we don't stay connected to the source, we start to get drained. And when we get drained, anything could move us. Anything could come and take us off our balance. And I believe that God wants us to stay on our balance. And here's the thing. The Bible tells us in Hebrews chapter 11, verse six, and without faith, it is impossible to please God. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. And we all want to please God. So we have to make sure that we are maintaining our faith so that God is pleased because that's truly what it's all about. That's what it's about. I want to read you another scripture, Romans chapter one, verse 17. This good news tells us how God makes us right in his sight. This is accomplished from start to finish by faith. As the scriptures say, it is through faith that a righteous person has life. So we got to have the faith and being double minded says that our faith is way smaller than even a mustard seed. So double is the trouble. I pray that this has blessed you. I love you so much. I understand. I have those moments where my faith is shaky, where I am actually feeling like I'm tossed to and fro, but it's only for a few minutes. And then we catch ourselves and we're like, okay, wait, okay, wait, I'm, uh, no, I gotta, you gotta start spitting God's word at the enemy, at those thoughts. The Bible says that you can take captive those thoughts and make them obedient to Christ. And when we do that, we get back and we're back sturdy and nothing can shake us again. So I believe that he wants us to get to the space 
where we are never, ever double-minded ever again. So let us pray. Father God, we thank you so much for your grace, your mercy, and your everlasting love. We thank you, God, for your word that goes forth and it shall never return unto you void. We thank you for this word that is reproof, it is correction, it is edification. We thank you, God, that you are building us up as you prune us, as you refine us. Thank you, God, that you want us to be more like you and less like the world. Thank you for creating us in your image. And so at this moment, right? Right now, Lord God, I ask that you remove the double mindedness, help us overcome our belief, increase our faith, show up so mightily in our lives, Lord God, that we could never, ever doubt you again. Help us, Lord God, that we are steadfast and movable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Help us to stand flat footed and firm in our belief in you alone. That we don't try to believe in people or in things that we believe that you alone are God. And without faith, we know it is impossible to please you, God. So help us, God, to do better. Lord, put that desire, that hunger within our hearts to stay connected and rooted deep down in you. Let our roots grow so deep into you, Lord God, that we cannot be shaken. All these things we ask in your sweet name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Now, I know y'all know what I'm going to say, but just in case you're new and thank you for joining me, I have to say it anyway. Be blessed, but more importantly, be a blessing. Oh, and remember that praise is our weapon. I want you to have an amazing rest of your week and weekend. Please join me again for another word, Lord willing. Uh, I look forward to sharing God's word with you. I again, thank you so much for joining and I love you and God does too. Have a good one.